it's me, Camaranio. Uh, today we're going to be talking about how I just uh, disappeared on a pothole and then I end up in a Pakistan somehow. And that's uh, going to be the whole episode. Okay, here we go. It's the Infinity Watcher Podcast. Oh. oh man, I wasn't ready for that one. Oh, you warned me, and I still wasn't ready for that one. Oh man, welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. My name is Tommy, and I'm here with my Italian plumber co-host Eric. Oh yeah. Oh man, I think that entire like we'll get into Miss Marvel episode six, but I think that entire little scene. Took it down at least half an infinity stone for me. <laughs> I think I, I think I remember being like, "Where the fuck that hole going?" I was like, "What?" what? I mean, it yeah. was just put like a, a sewer grate there. Or yeah, something. I don't know. Or that was back door, maybe. I don't. know. <laughs> that was a baffling. That was maybe the the second most baffling part of the episode to me, after. Uh, Kamala's mom's completion of her character arc, which we will talk about. Right, right, exactly. That's also another, like, negative point five. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I always picture, like, a writer's room in sequences like that, and they're like, let's just have them uh, make a hole in the ground. And the fact that that made it through is deeply disturbing to me. <laughs> but, oh, um... I think both of us enjoyed that episode, so this is going to be yeah, a I fun loved one. Yeah, I actually loved it, yeah. In terms of just, like, picking on silly things um, and, and going into it. Before we do all that, let's jump into the news. There's a lot of random shit going on. Mm. Uh, some of it wild, some of it not so wild. Um, first up, you know, San Diego Comic-Con 2022 is coming up. Yes. And a banner has leaked, someone took a picture of it, that appears to show a first look at Captain America 4. Um, oh. And so it's a picture of Sam Wilson, Captain America. Looks just like the suit he wore in the show at the end. Um, but you also see um, Agent 13 Sharon Carter, played by Emily Van Camp. Yep. In kind of like her classic comic suit, which is like a Black Widow suit, only white. Okay. So. That's pretty cool. Should be interesting, because um, now she's apparently the power broker, too, which I keep forgetting. Yeah, which I think is much more interesting to be than, than Agent 13. Yeah, there were a lot of people pissed about it. I'm like, at least it's an interesting choice. I don't know yeah. what else she's going to do. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's sick. And so, yeah, it's supposed to be directed by um, Julius Anna. I guess this is his name. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Ona, Ana. Um, and he was the director of the Cloverfield Paradox. So we'll see. Yeah. Did we talk about this a little bit last week? Uh, we talked about him being the director, yes. So yep. apparently so apparently, most people... I've never seen the Cloverfield Paradox. I think you mentioned, and from what I've seen, it's not very good. But yeah, it's also... Fine. It's just like, you know. Also, apparently, that director, I heard, 
like people were a little scared because of that. But then I heard that director made just like the most incredible, like award winning movie, like right before that. So I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it won't be that bad. Yeah, I mean, it probably won't be that bad. He made like an indie movie that like not many people outside of you know, movie crowds would have heard of that did well. And so yeah. I think they do the Cloverfield Paradox because people know that that title. Right. It's like they, they took a movie that wasn't Cloverfield and they were like, what if this was Cloverfield? <laughs> right. You know, the funny thing about the Cloverfield Paradox is, is that's part of like the Cloverfield movies. So there was Cloverfield, which came out, which I thought was a great found footage film, uh, probably known for having like one of the best movie trailers ever um, mm. to exist. Um, I would say. And then they made 10 Cloverfield Lane, which they took another movie and then kind of added a tag to the end to add it to the Cloverfield universe. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But the Cloverfield Paradox, I think it was like New Year's Eve or like the Super Bowl or something. And no one knew it was coming out. And then they're like, hey, this is actually releasing tonight on Netflix. Go watch it. And it was kind of like a viral marketing thing. So I actually ended up watching it like the moment it came out, um, and it, it was it was just like a it was like a fun Cloverfield movie, but you know nothing with much depth to it. But you know, it's just right. not every movie has to be crazy, I guess. True. Um, one more note here, though. I found a quote from Variety in which Anthony Mackie, who plays Captain America now, he said, uh, "I definitely don't want to be a fifty-five-year-old Captain America, so I've got a solid six to eight years in me." which I thought was interesting because the dude does not look old. Yeah. At all. So, so he's like, so he's like 47, 46, 47. I guess Anthony Mackie. Jeez. I mean, he wasn't eight mile, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Okay. He's got plenty of time. Six to eight years. I mean, I guess that'll put him in his 50s. Yeah, especially with, like, Hollywood drugs. He'll be looking like that for the next 15 years, for sure. Oh, yeah. He does not look old at all. Eight Mile came out 20 years ago? Jesus. Oh, man. (sighs) This guy's name is Clarence. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's such a good... And Clarence's parents had a real good marriage. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I want to watch that end rap battle now. So good. It's, It's amazing. All right, She-Hulk. That is our next show that we're going to be talking about. So Miss mm. Marvel just wrapped up. We got like a, a four-week break, and then we jump into She-Hulk. That has nine episodes, very similar to WandaVision. Okay. So we'll have a little break here, then we'll jump into She-Hulk. There's been a lot of talk about the special effects used for her. Yes. And how trash it looks. Yes. And um, I guess the director... Of the show, Kate Coiro, Coiro. I don't know how to say these people's names. Kate C. Um, (laughs) We're gonna bring it back to like second grade, where you just give someone a letter for a last name. Yep. Um, She spoke. She spoke. Jesus, I can't speak this morning. She spoke. (laughs) She spoked. She spoked. Spoke about the special effects for the show, and I just call bullshit on this quote. Take a listen to this. (laughs) I think a lot of the reactions have to do with the fact that she is so different than anything we've seen. That's true, because most of what we've seen has been good. Um, And continuing, (laughs) when you think of Thanos or Hulk, they have a grisliness and a harshness and a bulkiness to them that is just so different. And when you see a little pop of her, it's almost shocking because we haven't seen it before. No. 
No. <laughs> no. Who, who, who said that quote? That is the director of the entire show. <laughs> no, director. You're wrong. It looks bad. And what's crazy is, as I sent you in our, uh, in our group text, you, it, such, it would be such a huge improvement. Go If you haven't seen this, listeners, go online and just search She-Hulk Green Lips. Literally, just someone just simply changed the color of her lips to green, and it's like the most gigantic improvement you could ever imagine. And I just, I'm so sick of these. Nothing annoys me more than a Disney Plus show putting out a trailer, the effects looking laughably bad, and some 13-year-old jabroni on the internet fixing it the first day it comes out. Right. Like, <laughs> you just fucking do that, Disney. It's so annoying. It's crazy. Uh, but it, but it, it looks so much better just simply with the green lip. Are you telling me that She-Hulk is running around with pink nips? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, that would be ridiculous. Oh, my God. No. You got to match the lips to the nips, and they got to be green. <laughs> That's that's just what it is. I can't handle this shit today. Oh my god! <laughs> Match the lips to the nips. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. That's how it works with human living beings, Jesus. and that's just how it's got to be. See, you know what I can't stand more than just shitty CGI is someone that's just gonna blatantly lie to my face. Which is, Uh-oh. man, I hate when people convince. They're like, it, it, the only reason people don't like it is because it's a little bit different. Dude, yeah, yeah, funny. that is stupid. However, I will say I do understand, like, the director's been so close to it to so long. And if there's one thing I've learned, and I'm, and I'm sure you also can, uh, can relate to this as, as musicians, is, like, if you are working on something for so long... If you hear, like, in my, in my case, if I hear a song dozens or hundreds of times, I can convince myself pretty easily that something sounds good that is objectively garbage. <laughs> and yeah, it's, you, your, your brain just kind of is like, no, that's fine. Like, that's fine. That's fine. That works. That totally works when it, like, totally doesn't. So I can only imagine... That same thing happens with uh, visual art as well. I mean, it, it must. Right. Damn. I hope it's good, because we got nine episodes of that shit. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure it will be good. It's supposed to have Daredevil in it. It's supposed to have other big Marvel characters. Excuse yeah. me, I'm burping. Um, big, huge Marvel characters, like a member of the Fantastic Four is supposed to show up. And so it's like, damn, I hope... And that doesn't sully that in any way. Because also, yeah. if the thing is going to show up, what the fuck is the thing going to look like? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's risky, that's, man. Yes, it is. Because that's yes, the hardest part is. about the Fantastic Four is don't make the thing look like the last time they made it. Yep. Because or, no, uh, see, I, I disagree. I say make the thing look like the last time you made it, but just give him eyebrows or like the eyebrow arch. From the fan Fantastic movie, you liked him? I thought he was fine. He just didn't have the eyebrow arch. I think if he had the eyebrow arch, he would have looked totally normal. Yeah, let me pull. He would have just looked like an orange. Uh, uh, f- what's his nuts from Thor? I think what threw me off is the fact that he didn't have any pants. 
<laughs> well, I mean, how they dress them is what I, I you know, that can go either yeah, way. Yeah, maybe but that's maybe just close. The, maybe the eyebrow arch would have been good. Yeah, he just looks a little funky dunky. Man, the one in the first Fantastic Four movie, he's so orange. That's hilarious. Michael Chiklis. <laughs> All right. Um, I thought this was interesting. Um, and I just closed out my page, but I know what the article says. Adam Scott, known from Severance and Parks and Recreation, has joined the Madam Web movie. Okay. That movie's fucking st- Yeah, I was like, "Why? What is happening? Why are all these bigger actors joining this Madam Web movie?" I don't understand what the fuck they're gonna do in it. But uh. I just, oh man, I hope, I hope it's good. But I just have no faith in Sony at all. It just doesn't make sense. Look at like, look at the last two movies you've made. Look at, look at the Venoms. Look at the Morbius. You know and. Now well, the problem is they the see Hunter. the Venom movies as big successes, which I guess financially they are. Yeah, I mean, making like over a billion, right? Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, oh, it, is. Man. it is insane. I just, uh, I'm confused. How do you market a Madam Web movie? So I've seen... Uh, some rumblings that the big rumor is it's actually not a Madam Web movie that that it started as a Madam Web movie and it's now becoming basically uh, Spider-Verse for like Spider-Woman or Spider-Girl, huh. um, which I think would may probably be better. Yes. Who the, who the fuck wants to watch a Madam Web movie? Yeah. But hey, I mean, if it's a good movie, I'm all for it. It's just, I yeah. Just, I, I, based on everything I know and have seen, why would I have a reason to think it would be, you know? Right. But if we get Sidney Sweeney as Gwen Stacy, oh, that, would be, pre- that would be Gwen Stacy, then fuck yeah. Like, let's do it. That would be pretty it. sick. I mean, there's no, that's purely just my own uh, guess, but. Sexual this, fantasy. This might, this might, yeah, I was, this might be like crazy to say. Sydney Sweeney might be too much of a babe to play Gwen Stacy. Whoa. <laughs> like, boom. Just might be. Just might be. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, that would be like will... casting Brad Pitt as Peter Parker. It just wouldn't work. I'd watch it. I'd watch I mean, it. I'd watch it. Motherfucker would be like eaten like every other scene with yep. his Spider-Man mask cap yep. off. Yeah, just taking the sexiest bite out of a Big Mac you've ever seen in your fucking life. Oh man, <laughs> he makes food look so good in every it's crazy. single movie. It's crazy. All right, well, one person you won't have to wait and see because they're not going to be in the movie is Daniel Kalu- uh, Kaluuya or what? How you say his name? I don't know. Kalu- I think like Kaluuya, Kalua, Kalua, Daniel Kalua. Yeah. He's not going to be back as Wakabi in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Oh, that's um, disappointing. Which was really surprising because, yeah, he was like kind of one of the guys that like kind of turned bad for a bit in the first yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but apparently. He's like an incredible, he's like top, top, top tier actor. Yeah, he's in always a lot of good movies. Um, and I guess he missed filming this one because he was filming Working on Jordan nope. Peele's movie Nope. Yep. So. Which does look amazing as. All Jordan Peele movies do. Yeah, the trailer for that movie's wild. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? But I'm interested. Uh, which is probably what a movie trailer should do. So, um, Indeed. I just love that quote from the trailer. 
oh, I'm going to mess it up. But that, that chick's like, we like to say, uh, ever since pictures have moved, we had skin in the game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it just makes me so happy. Just her delivery of that makes me so happy. <laughs> I, I'm I'm probably gonna go see that movie. I think I'm, it's usually not my my cup of tea. You know, I kind of like uh, scarier, kind of weird looking movies. I don't yeah. go to see them in theaters, but it's very intriguing to me. Yeah, yeah. I think Jordan Peele has earned the uh, the benefit of, of the doubt for sure. Yeah, he's good. He's real good. No one would have expected that half of Key and Peele would start making movies like that, but. Seriously, damn, it's good. It is crazy though. I there are probably some really good like YouTube uh, video essays about this, but like the connection between comedy and horror seems to be so ridiculously strong. Like, didn't James Gunn start out with a bunch of crazy horror movies? Yeah, I think he had some some weird horror movies. I feel like that's so common. I think um, I think the thing with comedy and horror is I think the barrier for entry seems lower for some reason. I don't know yeah, why. I, like, guess, like the amount I guess of, I could see that. The amount of like um, amateur or independent horror films is so yeah, high. Yeah, ludicrous. Um, and then like I think the amount of like independent films that break out and like actually become popular is almost always a horror movie. Yeah. It feels like. And so for some reason... That's easier? Question mark. I don't know. I don't know. Is it like easier to like make a horror movie with some scares to get people to watch than like something that maybe is just like a drama that's more emotional? I don't know. And, and then like you got like comedy skits and stuff like that. Those seem easier instead of like a feature length film of like you know you can get people to laugh online and they don't have to take something super seriously. I don't know. I also feel like they both rely more on misdirection than like any other kind of any other genre of movie really yeah I think which you just is nailed maybe it right there. maybe that's like the connective tissue and and maybe that's a little easier like how can we just get the audience to think about one thing and smack them in the face with this other thing exactly smack them right in the face oh yeah no i think you nailed it actually that's that's totally the tie between the two is it's all about subverting expectations and delivering something different yes. than people were expecting. Totally. So you won't be seeing him, but black Panther, Wakanda forever though. A lot of it's been scrubbed from the internet at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and big spoilers coming up. Poten- I guess potentially. But yeah. I won't get too much likely. into it except for one thing, but basically the entire plot from a high level has supposedly been leaked online for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That includes possible new people or persons that become Black Panther. Um, after credit scenes, you know, what the general plot is. It's all out there. I don't want to go through it, but I will do heavy spoiler alert for a character uh, or a scene showing up in the after credit scenes. I'll give you guys like five seconds. This is heavy spoilers. Jump forward a little bit if you don't want to hear it. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, you're still listening. Doctor Doom is showing up. No oh, baby. Um, and the rumor is that. that he's kind of pulling some strings in the background, right? And some concept art popped up online, very similar to the um, Charles Xavier 
Remember when we got like that, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. really shitty, like, CG Sims looking Professor Xavier? And it looked exactly like what he looked like in the movie, essentially. Yes. Um, we, ha- we now have that for Doctor Doom. And it looks exactly like the comics. I mean, he just doesn't really have, like, a cape for the most part. But um, Interesting. Yeah. I'm super hype on Doctor Doom showing up. So. Yeah, agreed. I think he, he could easily be the next big bad. But also, I'm already feeling like, what happened to Kang? <laughs> like, we, yeah. I mean, we won't get Kang until, let's see. I don't think we'll get him Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, that's... Relatively soon, it's gotta be. Quantum Mania 2023. What what time? I think it's in July. Oh no, it's February. So we're okay. not too far off. So okay, here's you know I didn't didn't even think about this until just now. So Doom may start off being pretty bad, but maybe we need Doom to stop King. Mmm. Okay. Uh. I, yeah, you're so right. That is actually gonna be annoying. But like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want them to make Doctor Doom a good guy. But I mean, like Doctor Doom. He always plays both sides, but that doesn't mean I he know. can't defeat Kang and then go full Secret Wars. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, and so instead of the redemption, you know, he can he can be like that, like in the middle. You don't really know what he's going to do, guy, and then just go full on evil. Yep. So who knows? Because, I mean, that's kind of what he's done in the modern comics for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm super hype on that. I think we need to, like, get the ball rolling a little bit. Things have been starting a little slow. Which yeah, I understand and, that they maybe need to a little bit, but damn, I'm ready. Yes, and our our Lord and Savior Kevin Feige um, did say that I believe this week at Comic Con, he said that people will start to have a better idea of where this next phase is going, um, which is good because it there it needs some connective tissue. I think. Yeah, I've definitely been itching for more. Yes. Um, even though I, I I feel like they kind of did the same thing they did in like phase one of Marvel, but we're like we're not in phase one anymore. You know, I don't want to have to go back to like the breadcrumbs until right. we get into like the full blown crossovers. I just want to live right, in crossoverville right. all the time. Yeah, um, agreed. But yeah, that's that's the big rumor, and we'll leave everything else for later because it's probably not worth really. It's not news. It's really just straight up spoilers. Um, <laughs> Eric, I pulled this one for you. Um, a, a tiny little clip of Black Widow star Florence Pugh uh, suited up as Princess Irulan in Doom oh. Part 2 has leaked online. Oh. Um, it's very hard to really, like, if, if you didn't tell me this was her, I would think it was, like, some some lesbian with a mullet in, like, a white-looking dress. Okay. You know, I can't really, well, I can't, I, I can't tell who it is. But, All right. Um, I'm glad that they cast her. It should be pretty good. Yeah, agreed. I I am a big fan of Florence Pugh, and uh, like everything I see of her, um, just like as a person, I love. She seems really cool. Oh my gosh! That I just looked at the top comment for this article, and it's just a picture of Spider Man squinting. And that's amazing. <laughs> um, I will read. They released a new synopsis for Dune Part 2, and it it says this, quote, Part 2 will focus on Paul assembling a massive army of Fremen to combat the ruthless Harkonnen 
as he essentially becomes a mythical messiah figure to the inhabitants of Arrakis. All right, sounds good. Sounds like we're going to get some Dune Messiah influences there, too. So Love it. Bring it on. All right, last but not least, um, there were rumors coming out during this week that said that Steven Spielberg would direct Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four reboot, which was crazy. I was like, there's no way. John Watts, who directed the Spider-Man trilogy... Was, was officially announced as the director. Um, he was supposed to direct uh, the first film and walked away because he was like, dude, I'm fucking exhausted. I can't do yep. this. Um, and so everyone was saying that Steven Spielberg would now do it. Um, I was like, that'd be really cool, but there's no way in fuck he'd do it. Um, and as expected, there's been two sources now. Variety, um, he chimed, uh, Adam B., I don't know who that is from Variety. He said, quote, I've heard the wildly implausible rumor that Steven Spielberg is directing the Marvel Studios reboot of Fantastic Four, and it's absolutely not true. Um, and then Vulture, one of their reporters, Mike Sampson, said, quote, Marvel did reach out to Spielberg's team to gauge interest in directing Fantastic Four. That's as far as the quote-unquote discussions went, presumably because he has no interest. Um, yeah, that sounds right. But I guess at the same time, there's also rumors going around that his movie, The Fablemans, will be his last, too. And so it's like it's not like Steven Spielberg is like a, a young dude anymore. So, yeah, I don't think that's really his his bag. You know, he wants to have a lot more control. Um, he's 75 years old. I know at one time he wanted to direct James Bond movies, but that was in like the 70s. So, um you know, he hasn't really been a big studio machine director in a long time. I don't think I'd even want to see a Steven Spielberg Fantastic Four movie, at least not in the year 2023 or 2024, whenever that's coming out. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, I, I mean, he's had some movies that I've liked in the last decade or so, like Bridge of Spies, I thought was really good. He directed that. It was written by the Coen brothers. I never saw West Side Story. That's probably the newest one. Um, did you like Ready Player One? Yeah, I thought it was fine. I liked the book better. Yeah. But I but I, I did... I think the fact that the book is a copyright nightmare, so right. like they couldn't they couldn't have done the book. Like, the, it's just... When they talk about, like, this is unfilmable, I usually am like, that's bullshit. Everything's filmable. This is truly unfilmable only because of, like, the law. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So, so but, yeah, I, 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 did, I did like that. I think, like, the last, the last Spielberg movie I loved, like, 10 out of 10 was probably Catch Me If You Can uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom yep, Hanks. That's and that came out 20 years ago, I'm reading. Fuck. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Wow. You know, like Saving Private Ryan. I mean, I guess Munich was good. Munich was pretty good, but I don't love it. I give it like a B, something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, it definitely would have never happened, but would have been interesting to maybe experience. Yeah, for sure. So, but, yeah, they, they squashed that one real quick. All right. Yeah, I'm okay with that. You got anything for us? Um... 
Not really, other than if you want to absolutely fall more in love with Amon Vellani. Uh, she did a Reddit AMA, and she is like... People people make the joke, especially on Reddit and just on the internet in general, just like, one of us, one of us. This chick has never been more one of us than any actor or actress in history. Like, this chick is a true hardcore Redditor. It's so clear. Um, she just seems, like, normal and funny, and she's got all these interesting anecdotes about, uh, like, Kevin Feige and just uh, interesting things. It's a really good AMA, so check that out if it, you're yeah. interested. Um, it 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 just made me love that actress even more. What a what a perfect, what a perfect casting for that character. Yeah, she's great. And I just love I love the enthusiasm. She's the best. Love when someone's interested in what they're doing. Yes, and so interested. So this is the first thing she's ever acted in. And someone asked crazy. her, like, it is crazy. And someone, someone was like, so are you going to, like, act in anything else? And she was like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just be Miss Marvel. And I, I kind of respect that. That's crazy. <laughs> like, just, yeah, just be Miss Marvel. Fuck it. Like, it's wild. I kind of love it. Is there any other actor that just, like, is really blasé about the whole, uh, this art of acting and they're like they only are like ah, I just want to do this like little thing and then that's about it. I don't know if there's really anyone that does that. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't think of one. What's um uh what's her name? Um da, 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 da. the girl that plays Ray um Oh, Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. She hasn't been in like a super huge amount of stuff. No, but I but I think she's kind of Going the like the Daniel Radcliffe route, where right. she's just kind of doing what the fuck she wants, which which I also really respect, because <laughs> I do think she's been in stuff. Yeah, she was in. Um, I thought she was in. Let's see. So, I guess she was in stuff before Star Wars, but nothing super big. Yep. Um, and she was in Star Wars. Star, Mur- she was in Murder on the Orient Express. I think that's what I was thinking of. Nice. And oh, she's been doing a lot of voice acting. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, voice, voice. Star Dude, Wars I want Star. Daisy Ridley in the Marvel Universe so bad. Yeah, I mean, like, of all of my problems with the Star Wars sequels, she is not one of them. No, exactly. Exactly. She's fucking great. Obviously, Adam Driver's great. Nobody disputes that. Let's see. Daisy Ridley net worth here. Nine million bucks. Huh. Um, they make Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley uh, uh, Mr. and Miss Fantastic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That'd be wild. Mrs. Sorry. They are um, married. Yeah, I, I would assume that, like, a studio, like, for, like, Amon Vellani, right? Um, which, actually, let's see. I'm looking at her stuff. Why does it say... She, like, directed a short film or something? Amon Vellani? Yeah, it looks like it. So if you go to Amon Vellani's filmography, it has three titles, three short films, and then it says director short film. 
One's called Push. One's called Requiem for a Pandemic. And one's called I Don't Want to Be Alone. Are you on the right page? I am not seeing that. I am seeing only yeah. Miss Marvel and the Marvels as an actress. And then I'm seeing her talk show appearances. And that's it. Yeah. I'm on Wikipedia. Ah, I'm on IMDb. Yeah, Canadian I think Wikipedia is lying. Of Pakistani origin. Yeah, it says she directed it. So There's no way. That's I, not true. I don't I'm calling bullshit. wanna be alone. Let's see. Hold on. Oh, yeah, it's on Vimeo. Yeah, she yeah, she has her own Vimeo. Aman Vellani. It's a minute and thirty five seconds long. Wow. And yeah, oh yeah. It's just like a video of her. She's in it. Oh my gosh, she's waking up in a bed and there's an Iron Man poster on the wall. <laughs> oh my god. She's the best. She's got Captain Marvel socks. She's eating an apple. Oh, and then it's just like a bunch of her all like together. And then this is like a bunch of action figures dancing around, so maybe that's why um Maybe that's why she like has like her own little shows in the show because like she likes to make her own videos. Yeah, yeah, Sloth Baby. Maybe yeah. that was based on a true story. <laughs> but yeah, I would think I think what I was what I was thinking after you mentioned that, you would think a studio would want an actor to branch out and do other stuff so they kinda have that cult of personality. True, true. But hey, do whatever you want, man. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, I so. agree. Um, all right. Are we ready to jump into the last episode of Miss Marvel? I'm super ready. I loved this episode. Um, a, a, a return to form, I would say. Do you think this is going to be like a one and done show? Or do you think that we'll get more seasons of it? That's a good question because I feel like they are very much transferring this character to the movies. Um, right. Like they're like, I don't we didn't think... want to do an origin movie, so let's just get it out in the show. Yeah. I here's my prediction. I don't think we'll get another Miss Marvel show, but I think Miss Marvel will appear in another show. Interesting. Like yeah, as a main fair. character. As yeah. a main character. I will say um Young Avengers or something, maybe. I love the idea of just having all of the origins in a show and so they can just be in the movie and you don't have to deal with all of that. I guess. I I don't know, because I think I miss a good superhero origin movie. And I, to be honest, I am kind of getting annoyed. Like, I understand why they're doing it, but I I don't think the balance is right between shows and movies for Marvel or Star Wars currently. Yeah, I, I think would, they're I both agree. leaning too heavily on the shows, which I guess, but... Yeah, is, I mean, is it? I guess is it just that much cheaper? It must be. It must be. But, I don't know, it's just... A little frustrating. Um, just make them better, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, or just make them better. I was reading an article about the guy that that is like the showrunner of the boys, and he was kind of saying how like everything's kind of fallen into like the same um, kind of structure, I guess, for the shows where it's like you you have to wait until the end for like something to happen, and how with their show they always try to like make stuff happen 
a lot more frequently in each of the individual yes, episodes. That like, is true. <laughs> That's extremely true. Fucking please do that for some of the other things because it's everything feels so drawn out and predictable. Um, that was one thing I liked about Loki is it felt like each episode had its own thing going on with it. Um, yes, agreed. I haven't really felt that with much of anything else since then. So, yeah. Um, but let's jump into episode six, titled No Normal, which is also the title of the first volume of, of Miss Marvel Comics, actually. Oh, okay. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so let's see. We open up, and Bruno and Haram.com run, are on the run. Comranio. Yep, Comranio. <laughs> Dude, I still can't. Oh, my God. Um <laughs> Because the Circle Q is basically just, like, droned in the most American way possible. Yes. Explosions left and right. Um, And so Agent Deaver, who is the owner of the worst female mullet in the entire, you know, (laughs) tri-state area. Um, What is wrong with that woman's hair? It is so distracting. I don't get it. To be honest, I didn't even notice it. I'm going to have to go watch it and keep an eye out for it. Sorry, sorry for anyone that also feels the same way. Because I was just like, I watched the show, and every single time she pop up, me and me and Mio were watching. I'm like, oh god, that hair is disgusting. I was like, <laughs> so distracted by her hair the entire time. Uh, that might be a me problem. Um, and so she orders like a, a lockdown of the city to try and find Kamran, because you know you got to get the enhanced individual. Also, he's brown, which makes him extra dangerous. Oh yeah, um, and so in America. Right, yeah, I can't have that. Um, so Kamala like comes out to her parents and her brother and sister-in-law uh, as a superhero, but they all know now. <laughs> they have already found out because Ami told Abu over the phone, and Abu uses speakerphone, and so her brother and her sister-in-law found out too. Um, and I thought that was a really funny sequence because her... Her dad was like, the speakerphone is just so convenient. <laughs> and yeah, that is, that's the most old person thing in the world. Yeah, it was just really funny. And so that was a cool little scene. Um, you know, they were all really happy for her. Um, it all felt, I will say, my one, my one dig at it, it all felt a little too perfect almost just from like how they how her parents reacted previously they were so strict and now it's like she has superpowers everyone's happy um though i did love the line what is uh abu is like you know just because you have this ability doesn't mean you should be going out looking for trouble and kamala says i don't think you raised me to be someone who had the capability of helping but didn't or something like that yes the classic great power great responsibility spinoff gotta do it gotta Gotta do do it And um, I think this led to the first scene that that made me call bullshit. Because the number one character arc in this movie, the number one superpower that no one's talking about, (laughs) is Ami's amazing seamstress abilities. Uh, (laughs) Because Kamala played Gotta Catch Them All with fabrics across the world throughout this entire show. And her mom somehow just (laughs) very quickly, right after they returned from Pakistan... She was able to make her the most amazing superhero suit ever imaginable. 
Look, this is, I hope this uh, <laughs> doesn't come off uh, poorly, what I'm about to say. Oh, boy. But I, I don't think it will. But that just seems much like the ability to go into the kitchen and immediately scrum up 18 plates of food for Bruno. Right. Being able to sew a superhero costume from scratch in 10 minutes seems like the most Pakistani mom thing in the world <laughs> to me. <You're laughs> like, here, beta, that, I made you this. Yeah, yeah. That, it just seems, I don't know, that, that really didn't even register. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that tracks. Because if, if, I do if like you've... it from that perspective. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a funny little Pakistani mom thing. Yeah, I mean, if if you've ever met an older, not even, well, yeah, I guess an older, um, like Chaldean or or Muslim woman. Yep. That is just. I, <laughs> that's just that's just in the uh, that's just in the cards. Yes, you're gonna get a shit ton of food, and just a shit ton of. Uh, it seems like they put in an obnoxious amount of work to uh, just do something nice for uh, for someone that they didn't ask for. You know the ironic thing? I can't even talk shit because uh, I, I used to be in a relationship with someone that was from a Middle Eastern family. And the amount of food was ridiculous. But then their mom was a seamstress as well. So <laughs> there you what, what am I even saying? You yeah, know? there you go, man. Oh man, that's so funny! It's wild, but that yeah, is so funny. Especially the food. It's like holy yeah, shit. Where the do food's you think a big this one. Is going. It's like fucking Thanksgiving on steroids every yeah. day. Yep, yep. Um, that is real. That is real. Yep, it very <laughs> much is. Um, but holy shit, that suit looks fucking perfect. It's amazing. It's it's. Is it the best suit that's been introduced was, via live at, or the shows? The I was about shows? to say it's it's got to be easily top five. Yeah, what I think suit so is too. better? I'm trying to think. Maybe the Moon Knight suit when like the good shots of the Moon Knight suit. Maybe I think I still have this but, winning over Moon Knight for suits. Yeah. Oh man, it is. So it's good. really good. It's really good. It doesn't beat the first Scarlet Witch suit for me. From yeah, the show. that one was also really that good. That one I loved. Um, but I think this is definitely like top three for me. Yep. Um, it just works. It's perfect. I don't think there was a single moment where I didn't like it. Yeah, it, I think I think you nailed it. Yeah, it's like there weren't there wasn't a single bad shot of it. Like there is for every other suit, right? Even the good ones. There's always like a shot where you just. I like, know there was like uh, I, every Black Panther suit after the Civil War one. I'd have a little iffy moment with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange's is up there too. Uh, Visions I loved, but sometimes there was iffy moments of that one too. Mm-hmm. But this one, man, oh, just. The moment she put on the suit, I was like, I wish we put this suit on like three episodes ago and had like the villain of the week kind of going on a little yes, bit. Yes, agreed. Because I very much hated like the three middle episodes before this. Yeah, and those were not great. I think not as good. In hindsight, like watching this episode, I like the last three episodes even less. Because I'm like, this is what we missed out on the entire time. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Um, okay, so basically Ami gives her the suit, and she's like, check out these threads. I'm good to go. She starts running. I love how she just runs in the air. 
Yes. On her little energy, little stone thing she puts up. Um, and then Bruno and Haram.comran, or Comranio, um, I guess I call him <laughs> Comranio for the rest of the episode, they go to the fucking mosque to hide, and Nakia's like, bro, like, are you kidding me? This is like the first place they're going to look. And <laughs> yeah, I think I think she dropped a uh, Bruno was like, well, yeah, aren't like places of worship. Like, don't they like take in anyone? And she's like, this is America, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where do you Which think I, you are right now? Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh. And so she's like, go to the school. And they're like, why would we go to the school? And she's like, well, it's the only place that's going to be empty on the weekend. Um, so I think I, I accept that logic. Yeah. And then before they leave, she's like, here, take this disguise. And they both put on baseball caps, classic yeah. MCU disguise. And one says haram and one says halal. <laughs> hilarious. That was hilarious. Oh, um, and of man. course, Kamran has the halal and Bruno has the haram, which is great. Um, and so I loved that. I thought that was a really good little comedic se- sequence there. Yeah. Um, and so the the boys, they go to the school and what the, the department of damage control, they come and they come into the mosque. They're like, we're going to need to see everyone's ID. And then everyone already has their IDs ready. <laughs> and Sheikh Abdullah is just like, this is not our first rodeo. Um, but we find out Nakia has like a boyfriend, some like white dude. And she was all nervous about her parents finding out about that. Well, I think, I mean, I don't, that's, that wasn't real though, right? I think she was just using that as like a diversion. Oh, really? I kind of just like took that as like face value. Oh, no, I, no, I thought that was just purely because I mean, if it was real, then then she's so mean. The, the (laughs) joke, the joke there was really good too. Cause she's like, uh, she says, this is my boyfriend. I wouldn't want my parents to find out. And the guy's like, can I get your guys' body cam footage? I want to get that on video. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, it's it's extra funny because we all know they turn the body cams off. Right, yeah, come on. <laughs> and you, they turn them back on, you got a lot more bruises and broken yeah. bones. Um, and so they end up at the school... And then it and then it becomes a Scooby Doo episode because you got Bruno yeah. and Camranio, and then um, Zoe is there. She's yep, filming, filming all TikToks, her TikToks, uh, <laughs> you know, in the lighting of the stage or whatever. So she just shows up, and I'm like, "What the fuck? This is wild. Why is she even here?" Uh, Kamala shows up, uh, Nakia shows up, and then Amir shows up too because. <laughs> Ami just sent him to follow Kamala around <laughs> as, you know, like a supervision thing. Classic. Uh, what, is, what does Kamala say? She's like, uh, superheroes can't have, um, it's not super, what is it? I can't remember what word she uses, but it was, it was silly nonetheless. Um, <laughs> And so chaperones, they, chaperones, yeah. <laughs> Superheroes can't have chaperones. Um, and so now we get like this, like Scooby Doo sequence where we got the whole gang together. Yeah, and it makes no sense why they all are, but I'm totally just accepting it at this point because it's fun. And um, well, I think all of them make sense to me 
the the only one that I'm iffy on is Zoe. But Zoe, even yeah. then, yeah. I can I because we talked about this. I could totally accept that a teenager who is on the brink of TikTok fame would use like if 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 they figured that like the theater in the high school had the best lighting that they would use that on the weekend that i i don't know that to, that tracked for me i was like you know what i bet there's a real kid in in real life that does exactly this yeah yeah it's just uh i i 100% i i'm like okay i can like justify it somehow yeah i'm just like it's just wild that like okay the department of damage control was at the mosque but now naki is just like She's able to leave and get there. Everyone was just there at the perfect time. And at the end of the day, I was just like, you know, I don't even fucking care. Like, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, you the, got me. Yeah, um, this is the group I wish we saw every episode. Right. Yeah, because, like, Zoe, we haven't seen since, like, a small scene in episode two or yeah, something. Like, I barely so. anything. And so it's like, I don't give a shit about her, but I want to because, right. like, she's in the comics, too. Also, like, 100% lesbian, right? Am I just? Am I the only one getting these vibes? I mean, you're. <laughs> I I think you're allowed to speak on that more than I am. Yeah, I, my gaydar <laughs> is is pretty strong. I feel like, and it was telling me two things. It was saying Zoe's Zoe's gonna be dating a girl next time we see her. Could be. And Agent Deaver's hair is awful. That's what that's what it's going. <laughs> um, and so that's what I got. Um, can I can I just say one of the Zoe actually made me laugh. The second hardest in this episode when she had the so I maybe we're not at this point or we were just about to get to this point when they're concocting all their like booby traps. Right. And she had the most realistic glass break in television history. Oh, I love that. That was hilarious. (laughs) I was dying. She just so timidly breaks the glass to get the uh, the fire extinguisher. And it takes like. Five breaks. Yeah, way too long. And the funny thing, too, is that, like, the little bar that you're supposed to use to break it was just sitting right there. <laughs> so good. I loved that. Yeah, that was that was a hilarious scene. Um, I loved, yeah. There was a lot of really good comedy in this episode. So yes. much of this episode, I was like, this is what I wanted. Yes. The entire fucking time. Totally. Um, I don't want to hear about red daggers. I don't want to hear about clandestines. Just give me all this stuff. Um... <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, like, they basically Scooby-Doo that shit and come up with this crazy plan. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hey, hey. Um, and they had a cool animation again from, like, the first couple episodes. Yes, missed that. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, and so Department of Damage Control comes to the school. I think what starts it is, like, Zoe's on TikTok, and she's, like, telling all of her followers, getting everyone to come there. She's like, Department of Damage Control is at the school, and they're attacking super-powered friends. Everyone needs to come help. You know, that was, like, the yeah. call out to everyone. Now, that is... I thought that was especially interesting because almost the exact same plot point happened in The Boys this season. Oh, really? And I wonder if that's going to start to become, like, a trope where someone with a shit ton of social media followers is like, I'm fucked. I need everybody here to help. <laughs> and and they and they show up. Um I thought that was pretty I mean, clever use of that whole I Yeah, know, her being a TikTok person. I thought that was interesting. No, I agree. I think it would have had more of an impact if I had not watched that exact same thing play out on the boys like just a week ago. 
Um, but it is I it's identical. And I was like, oh, interesting. This might be a new thing. The parody and what they're parodying is yeah. coming closer. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that this whole sequence was good. You know, they were all dressed up as Kamran um, and just kind of running around doing crazy shit. The Department of Damage Control, okay, almost a single point of all damage in this entire show. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Like, they're shooting these guns that are supposed to be non-lethal, they said, and they're, like, taking out full-on brick and drywall throughout this entire school. And it's insane. You know, they're blowing up the Circle Q. Um, they're shooting, you know, drones all over the place when they're chasing her out of the mosque and everything. And this whole sequence in the school, damage control is causing, like, 90% of the damage until the end scene with Kamran. It's Easily. always damage control. Um, and... One of my gripes with this show is that damage control is almost too stupid. In some scenes, I'm like, okay, this is for comedy. But then, like, in other scenes, I'm like, okay, I don't understand. Because Agent Deaver was told by Agent Cleary, who is her boss of some sort at the Department of Damage Control, he's like, retreat, don't go after these people. And then she's just like, nah, brah, I'm doing it. And so she has, like, a whole gigantic squad of just, like, idiot damage control dudes in like full on army tactical gear at her disposal despite her superiors saying no. And man, it's just wild how much trouble they can get in without anyone stopping them. Yeah. Uh which I mean I think they're supposed to be incompetent, but I was like, damn, these people are dumb as fuck. Yes. Um <laughs> the whole sequence, I think it's so funny, they're chasing around all these people and then there's like one moment where Kamran and Kamala are just like hiding behind a desk. And the damage control guys just, like, walk right past them. Don't see them <laughs> at all. Um, Classic Jurassic Park move. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, there was a scene where where Bruno, like, he like he's dancing so that Kamran and Kamala can get away. And they just, like, deck him, like, real bad. They give him the one-two, my camera's off, you know, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Thing. Oopsie, I was like, forgot to turn the body cam on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Um, and so I think everyone besides Kamran and Kamala get kind of like arrested and thrown into like a little van somewhere, um, outside of the school. Um, and let's see, they, they, let's see, they arrest everyone. I'm like, gotta look at my notes here. Um, then there's like a confrontation outside the school, I believe with all of damage control and Kamala and Kamran, and they're just, like, ready to just, like, kill him. It's really wild. Like, they're yeah. just like, hey, you have powers. We better shoot you a million times. Um, well, they, so this, uh, this episode also, they really didn't hit it hard enough, I feel like, but they very lightly brushed up against some commentary on, like, racism of law enforcement because yep. one of the first lines in the episode that, that we didn't mention oh yeah is one of the one of the damage control people is just like yeah this is what happens when the wrong people get powers and the and immediately like i wish they would have let that sit for a little bit I but that immediately was Agent Deaver that said that right 
I don't remember. But but the but the other one was like, what do you mean the wrong people? And then the first guy's like, oh, kids, <laughs> obviously. But it's like, but it's like, hey, we know what you fucking meant. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's that is interesting. I guess I understand. I mean, this is more of a lighthearted show, so I understand why they didn't want to get into it on the level that maybe even uh Captain America and Winter Soldier did which I also think didn't go far enough but right but yeah I, I did think that was interesting and I and I wish one of these shows would just have the balls to like really uh tackle that issue in a serious way it's like the the Star Wars lesbian kiss of racism yeah. like <laughs> we want to include it but yeah not too much yeah only only in the most minimal way possible yeah and i do but not losing money woke yeah i i do wonder though with the reveal that we are just uh we're going to soon talk about if that will be unavoidable because that is right (laughs) the whole point of uh spoiler alert mutants in in the um, not oh, in the MCU but in, in the in the Marvel universe. Yeah, because I mean in in the you know you go look at an X Men movie and all this stuff makes a lot more sense, right? Yes. They're just like let's kill the mutants. Yes, um, and that's what this felt like, only in hindsight because we didn't know yet. Yeah, um, but yeah, before we get there, you know they basically like start opening up, you know. They're just shooting, shooting bullets at Kamran, and, and Kamala is basically trying to stop Kamran from hurting anyone because he almost throws a car on top of everyone from like the mosque yeah. and all everyone's family and friends. Yikes! And he's just like he 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 had regret in his face, but it's like, dude, just like chill the fuck out, right? Um, also, this is an aside. I just remembered. I wanted to say the entire plot with the you know, the school stuff. The entire time I'm like, if Kamala can run on her little energy skipping stones in the sky, why is she not just like giving him a piggyback ride through the city? You know what I, I mean? So I think I do know what you mean, but I think that they did a good job of explaining why, because she doesn't have, she's just has like normal strength. Right. <laughs> so she'd still have to be carrying this like full grown young adult on her back, which I, I don't guess know. You gotta like uh you gotta teach Kamran with his new powers. He's like, hey, just like throw a little little dish of energy over here. But I know I'm yeah, just doing but... the Eagles of Lord of the Rings thing right now, and so it's not <laughs> Yeah, I mean I think it makes more sense why she didn't do it because also Kamran couldn't control his powers. Right. Yeah. So that because he they were like forced on him. He was just making like uh, twisty, like thorny spines of energy that almost killed everybody. Basically. Yes, yeah, um, just exploding out of him. But uh, yeah, we got Kamala <laughs> trying to stop damage control, trying to stop Kamran, basically trying to make sure everyone's safe. She finally says she says in Biggin, which was awesome. Yes, she has Biggin powers, and then we finally see her kind of like bigger, like she becomes bigger. Um, which I loved. And the entire time I watched this, I'm like, this is why they changed her powers. Because what the fuck would this look like if they Yeah, didn't? yeah. <laughs> There's just no fucking way it would ever work. Yeah. And I felt um, like this worked pretty well. Yeah, I was pretty happy with it. I thought it looked as good as it possibly could. Um, and so, um, eventually, I think, um, Kamran, he just, like, starts, like, 
shooting out energy everywhere because like these all these guys are just like unloading their guns on him. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Like escalating the situation like as much as you possibly could. Um and that's what leads to the Kamala Igloo of energy, yes. as I like to call it. Um, she surrounds him with her stuff, basically her energy, to stop him from like freaking out and killing everybody. And that's when we enter. <laughs> it's a me, Camarillo. <laughs> Dude. I was so on board with this entire scene until she made a hole in the ground <laughs> and he just hopped into it. Oh, man. What yeah, the was fuck wild. was that? Wild. Oh, my gosh. Dude. <laughs> I don't understand that choice at all. Yeah, it was a weird one. Just, like, go out the back or something. I, I just... what? A hole in the ground? Tell and like, is the implication that she not only made the hole in the ground, but she also made like potentially a mile long tunnel? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like where does the hole go to? Yeah. You know? It's, you know, it, it makes absolutely no sense. And I was like, what the fuck is that shit? You just super <laughs> Mario the fuck out of there. <laughs> it makes no sense of all the choices they had there. Just. Wild, because we know that Kamala has already talked to the Red Dagger guy. He's like the only one left, as far as we can tell, that we know of by any name or face, really. Um, and he's gonna get, he's gonna get Kamran, Kamranio, out of Jersey City all the way to Pakistan to basically save him. Yes. Um, despite the fact that he's a clandestine, um, and so he just. Kamranio's the fuck out of there. Um, and then basically Kamala's left and Agent Deaver's like, okay, let's go kill her now. But then everyone in like the community, all the people surround her, and then all of the Jersey City cops surround her. And I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, we're really going for a unity thing here then. Yeah. But then... <laughs> where where was Kendall Jenner handing somebody a Pepsi? Yeah, pretty much. The funny part <laughs> about it, though, is that the the she orders the damage control guys to go after her. The moment the damage control guys ask for her, the cops just step right aside. Like, they're not... <laughs> well, yeah. They're not holding up, like, a wall of any sort. They're just like, okay, yeah, you can go get her, you know. Yeah, where's um, the fucking riot shields now? Yeah, I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, and basically, Kamala just, like, runs away through the sky. She's like, I'm, I'm getting out of here. Peace. And then she does her little skipping stone of energy and gets out of there. So, um, This scene was amazing, I thought. It was so spidey. Yes. It's, uh... And the and the fight was pretty good too. Just in general, I thought the action was good. But I, yeah, I, I did think it was funny that Agent Cleary <coughs> just calls her and was like, "You went against my orders. I'm relieving you of duty." And then she just like walks away. <laughs> like you think if like you're like a psychopath enough that you against orders get a bunch of like military dudes to try and kill a bunch of kids that like a phone call from your boss telling you you're fired doesn't just. Yeah, I feel like you just go more crazy. Like, what's the point? I've already broken the rules. Break the rules more. 
I don't know. I think it was the difference between being fired and being arrested. Yeah, that's true. That and she has terrible hair, so her choices are not very good. <laughs> Just so. doesn't make good choices in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought that whole kind of build up, the whole climax of it all, it all worked really well for me. I loved it. Yeah, same. So, so good. It it made me feel how I like superhero shit uh, to make me feel the same way the first couple episodes of the show did. Right. Same. Um, after this, we get like a scene with Kamala and Abu. Um, and he gives her her name in this show, yeah. which is kind of wild. He explains that Kamala in Urdu means wonder or marvel. And he's like, you know, ever since we had you, you were always our little Miss Marvel. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting way to explain it. Because obviously in the comics, she's Miss Marvel because that's what Carol Danvers was before she became Captain Marvel. Um, and so the need to explain her logo, to explain her name, is necessary in this show because it doesn't have the comic background that the movies do. Right. Because um, obviously that logo also comes from Miss Marvel historically, too. So um, so I thought that was interesting. It was a really good. It's probably the best way they could have explained it. Um, I'm not sure for me I needed it, but I Agreed. thought they did a, a decent enough job. Yeah. Um, and so we, we see a brief scene of Kamran walking in uh, on the little, like, undercover, like, Asian restaurant. Where the one red dagger dude just hangs out now. I don't know what what is he up to anymore. He's just like chilling. Yeah, I feel like he the red daggers must still be kicking around doing their thing. I'm very anti red dagger, anti clandestine. <laughs> yeah, like, I, mean, I don't yeah. don't fucking get it. I I like the red daggers. They're cool. Just like one one dude now just chilling with his bandana. Um, but yeah, he got away, so he's good to go. Apparently. By the docks, if you're in Jersey City, you can get to Pakistan real easy. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so this leads to probably, like, the most insane scene of the show. Yes. Um, and we find out Bruno's a car thief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, he's like, hey, Kamran, Kamranio had this, like, nice Porsche <laughs> or whatever the fuck. And so he gave it. He told me I could have it. Yeah. Classic. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this entire scene reeks of reshoots to me and a, la- and a last minute decision. I don't know oh, why. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't get that vibe. Mostly, well, I guess we'll just jump into it. Uh, Kamala's a mutant. Bruno's like, yep. listen, I've been digging through your DNA because that's something that a high school kid does. And uh, Bruno's is crazy. He's like, oh, well, I was wrong the first time, and you possess a genetic mutation that the rest of your family lacks. Um, and, yeah, it's like the first time that mutants are discussed in any real way in the Yeah, MCU. and we know it's mutant mutants because just like they did in Multiverse of Madness, they did a little... Dude, that was amazing. <laughs> And that just further solidifies that they're going to use that song, which is the right choice. Yes, 100%. 100% is the right choice. That song is a banger of bangers. That little motif it gave me goosebumps. I was yeah, like, I'm I, so I fucking it. ready for this shit. I love it. 
so that was amazing. Um, it just makes me more angry about like the bangle. Like, what the fuck is the bangle doing? Uh, I just don't understand like the powers and and everything. But I'm happy she's a mutant. I think that's the right choice. Miss Marvel was actually originally supposed to be a mutant when she was first conceived. Um, but they they ended up changing her to be an inhuman. Um, and so I think that's awesome. I think it makes sense. Um, I think the only thing that makes me confused is like the whole bangle story with all the clandestines and, and the red daggers and stuff. I'm like, what is, what is what? I don't still quite understand what the bangle does. It goes back in time, shows trains and things. And I'm just, so here's a theory I saw. The bangle is one half of the Nega bands. Oh yeah. I, I think I saw that as well. Because yeah, we might as well just jump right into the after credit scene, because that's yes. what I was going to talk about, too. Um, we basically see Kamala just chilling in her bedroom, and then her bangle starts glowing in a way it never has. And then she just goes flying into the closet. Cool special effect. Uh, this entire scene, by the way, was shot by the director of the Marvels. Um, and then we see Captain Marvel, Brie Larson, show up. She just stands up out of the closet, and their bodies have been switched. She has, like, a new suit that has, like, half sleeves. I loved it. I loved the entire look of her. I thought she looked great. Um, And then she, like, looks around and was like, oh, no, no, no. And then it just (laughs) ends. So Um, there are some people on, some objectively wrong people on the internet who somehow took this scene as them not switching places but as uh, Kamala shape-shifting into Captain Marvel. You're an which, idiot. Uh, yes, You're I agree. That's insane. That's insane. They, 100%, they clearly switch places. 100% uh, Captain Marvel found the other bangle, right? Yeah. And then they switch places. 100%. And then Kamala died in space because she can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. No, yeah, that was my first thought, is that she has the other bangle. She found it somewhere, and then that switched their bodies. That was what I thought. And then I saw the theory about the Nega Bands, and that's a terrible name. Yes, I never is. want to say that ever again. Yeah, it feels weird. Uh, I think they changed the name of them or something. Um, but, yeah, that's it's, got to be it, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. That's a terrible name. After I said it, I was like, ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love the scene. I thought it looked great. I'm glad Kamala is objectively something explainable. Um, and so I love that. I'm still confused as to why her grandma saw a train and why she was able to go back in time. That's true. That's but, true. Uh, other than that, I mean, I love the bangle. I, I just... I think I would have just preferred it to be its own kind of thing, you know. Uh, but maybe it did somehow trigger her mutation to take effect. I don't know. She's right around the age for, like, a mutant power to show up, I guess. But Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot mutant powers manifest uh, later in life, usually. Yeah. It just seemed like she couldn't really do anything at all until she had the bangle. and was very sudden. And so it's like her being a mutant... The bangle just confuses things a little bit. I don't think it's, like, anything catastrophic or anything. It just makes things a little bit like, well, what did the bangle do? Like, did yeah, she, did she yeah. just happen to her have her mutation kick in when she found the bangle? Because 
if you look at like the first episode, it really seems completely tied to the bangle. But then we just have Bruno saying, well, the bangle isn't the source of your powers, but it unlocked them. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm just confused about that. But I also don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, I I think I agree on on all counts. But uh, yeah, I mean, Eric, mutants are in the MCU. How how are you feeling right now? I mean, we knew it was coming, not in this show, but uh, but yeah, I I love it. I think this is more. I know you're a big uh, Inhumans fan. I got nothing against the Inhumans, but I'm a much bigger X Men fan. Um, I feel like this was just saying, hey, you know what? We're not doing the Inhumans. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. I think the dream of the Inhumans is dead. It it, it died when Black Bolt's head exploded in, in uh, Multiverse of Madness. At least we got Black Bolt, you know? Yes, true. Real Black Bolt that in was the real sweet. suit. Yeah, agreed. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I can't wait... I just want more. Like, I want them to pump the X-Men machine as hard as they're pumping the entire rest of, like, the the Marvel movies machine because I've always felt like, and I, I think we talked about this, in, in the Marvel comics, the X-Men comics is almost like its own group. It's, like, right. separate but connected to, like, you could easily only read all the X-Men comics and you, like you'd have dozens of books to read every week, um, and for a little while, I pretty much did that. Like I, I was just reading all the X Men comics because they all interconnect in the same way that all of the non X Men um, Marvel stuff interconnects. It's 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 really strange, like. And then they interact all the time still, clearly, but they are their own thing for sure. Like, the X-Men part of the Marvel Universe is its own part for sure. Right. And I would love for them to put that same kind of effort into the live-action stuff. Um, I mean, I want to see... I want to see... I want to see a television show of just all the kids at the Xavier... Or Wolverine Institutes, however, whatever direction they go, or Scott Summers Institute, whoever's running the school, <laughs> what all of them have done it at this point, but whoever they decide to have run the school, I just want to see a television show about like all the kids at the school because those were some of the best comics. Uh, Wolverine and the X Men, where he's running the institute, and it's just about like all the students just running around getting into shenanigans. I loved that shit. It was so good, and I want a TV show of that. And that I do think would make a better TV show than a movie. Yeah, if they actually made like multiple seasons and shit, that yes. would be pretty dope. Yes. Um, yeah, it is interesting because like we keep hearing about a Fantastic Four movie. We don't hear jack shit about an X-Men movie. Yeah, which I guess they want to give it some time. Fantastic Four's had plenty of time. But the X Men, I don't, I haven't had as much, right? Um, so I get it, but I, I, I think they're gonna have to dive in pretty hard with Deadpool three. Yeah. So, 
so we'll I mean, see how coming, that goes. Right? I mean, it's yeah. just, uh, damn, it's it's gonna be interesting. I mean, we we have mutants now, and so that's it's happening. Yeah. So we'll see. Super exciting. It was it was a cool reveal. Definitely blew up the internet for a bit, um, and so it was all about that. You know, uh, man, that song just gets me. It's so good. It's so good. I'm excited for Marvels too. It'll be interesting to see how that all works. This this whole seeing Carol again show up, it made me want to watch her movie. I fucking love Captain Marvel. I love yeah. that movie. I don't get like the hate it gets. I think it's just a bunch of idiots online again. I love that movie. It's it's really tainted for me because of the just a girl scene. I I just Dude. Oh, that seems rough for me. I <laughs> like, love that. It's really rough for me. One of my favorites. When that came on, I was like, oh, yeah. Bring it on. I just don't pick a better female empowerment song. To Like, that's my, that's my whole thing. I got no problem with the concept. I got a big problem with the execution. So that little no doubt comes on, and I'm a happy camper. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big no doubt guy. I, so I think that's a big, big part of it. Oh man, I need to go watch that again. That's I think the no movie. doubt is B A N A N A S. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! That movie is the is has my record for the most times seeing a movie in a theater. Whoa! It beat out Avengers and Avengers Infinity War. Whoa! Which is crazy. That I, is crazy. I think it just happened. That was like when when you'd go to a movie theater a bunch. And a lot of people I knew at the time hadn't seen Captain Marvel. It's so like, oh, you want to go see it? And they're like, oh, you've already seen it. I was like, I'll go see it again. And then that just kept happening. Yeah, yeah. I saw that shit six times. That's insane. That's too many times. Yeah, I, well, I couldn't imagine. Like, I don't even go to <laughs> movies for a second time anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely over that. I like watching movies multiple times, but I ain't paying for that shit. You know? Yes, yes. So, um, all right. Let's... Let's rate this bitch. But what we're going to do is we're going to rate episode six and then the entire season as a whole. So as we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate our episodes, shows, whatever, movies, whatever the fuck. Six whole, unadulterated, untouched Infinity Stones. Don't touch them stones. Mm. All right. Episode six. What do you got? I'm going to give... Uh, like, as we said, it it wasn't, like, perfect, but I'm still going to give episode six a six out of six because of how much I loved it. Um, it just, it just gave me, it just gave me all, all the happy feels at the end there. Exactly what I, what I wanted it to do and what I always want superhero shows and movies to do. And, um, it's really about, it's just this, a very specific feeling that I that I get when I watch these shows that I'm just like, this is it. Like this is my shit, and uh, yeah, it's it's and plus with the mutant reveal. Yeah, it's it's a six out of six for me. I, I loved it. All right. You, what was that? I was gonna say, do 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 you want me to also give my season, or do you want to no, go? Let's, let's okay, we'll, we'll wait on that one okay. for a sec. Um, you know what I think. I've been struggling this entire episode thinking about it. When I first thought about it, I was going to give it the strongest, most firm five. Yep. But I don't know what else I wanted. You know? Oh, man. It wasn't perfect. There was things like Kamranio really pissed me off. 
<laughs> Genuinely pissed me. I was like, what the fuck is like this is an amateur choice. But I'm gonna give this one a six because this is what I wanted the show to be all along. Yes. I got a mutant yes. reveal. I got a Carol Danvers reveal. I got yeah, one yeah. of the best suits in the MCU. Yeah. Okay. And it was just fun. Yes. It was a fucking fun episode. And this is Ripper. what the entire show should have been like. And it wasn't. And that's what makes me disappointed. Um, And so this is a solid six for me. I'm happy we both gave sixes. Um, But I want to transition from that to the rating for the series. Mm -hmm. And this might be a shocker. All right. So buckle up. (laughs) You ready? I'm giving the series a three. Okay. I I was expecting you to drop a two. I think a three is acceptable. I just, the half of the show, I legitimately think was garbage. Okay. And I hate that because, like, her. I love Miss Marvel. I think she's a great character. It did bother me that we had to wait until the last episode to see her in kind of, like, a suit suit, you know? Just because it's so yep. fucking great. They got to stop doing that shit. It is I hate really the dumb. suit reveal in the last episode. I tried watching Daredevil again because I remember loving that, and I was like, yeah. I, I just might skip to season two because I don't yeah. want to have to see this black suit for ten episodes. <laughs> just the ninja. Yeah. And so... This was a three for me because you can see how much potential they wasted because they nailed it on episode six. The first two episodes weren't too bad either. I thought they were they were like a solid B for me. Okay. Episode six, an A, an easy A. And, and yeah. you didn't need, you really didn't need any of the Red Daggers and you didn't need any of the clandestines at all. And I thought it was great going to Pakistan, and you probably could have shown that somehow. But, like, those three episodes were completely unnecessary. And they really just justified a few small moments in the, in the season finale that you could have justified easily in any other way. But every single scene with the clandestines, and the, the Red Daggers are really just more of an offshoot of the clandestine story, right? But every scene with the clandestines was wasted time. Telling this backstory that really didn't help push anything forward or provide any quality to the show. And so I would have preferred if they did more of her fighting, getting used to her powers, doing all this other stuff in Jersey City, because it would have been more interesting and more fun. Um, Instead, I think we just delved into like a really kind of interesting backstory, but one that doesn't really provide any service to the character. Yeah. Because then they just made her a mutant. So it's like, why are we going through yeah, all this yeah. trouble <laughs> to talk about this backstory and her and her, you know, her hot great grandma Aisha and all this shit? <laughs> she said, I mean, she's a hot great grandma. Yeah, I mean, damn. It I mean, her, her great grandpa was pretty hot too. Um, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. I get it. You know, but it's like they went through all this trouble to show like this heritage, which I understand what they're trying to do, and I'm not against it. Like, you know, in in a bubble, right? But then they just kind of at the end were like, yeah, but hey, you know, and it's just like, (laughs) it's having your cake and eating it too a little bit. And it just doesn't really work at the end of the day. Um, And so, yeah, solid six for the episode, but three for the whole, the whole season. Okay. Well, if you, this might surprise you then. I think I'm going to go only a four for the whole season for me. Because okay. I agree that this episode was so good, it made me dislike the last few even more as well. Um, I didn't dislike them as much as you did. 
especially I like I think the Red Daggers specifically are super cool. I, I want to know more about them. The clandestines, I could take them or leave them. Um, but uh, but I got no problem with the Red Daggers. But yeah, I. It's weird because I think episodes one, two, and six of Miss Marvel, I think are for me are great. Like. Very high highs. I would rate those three above, for instance, anything in Hawkeye. But Whoa. I think, Haw- but I think Hawkeye was way more consistently good. Yeah. So as a series, I'd rate Hawkeye higher. Probably. I don't yeah. remember if I actually did when we did this last time, but I, but I now think I would. But. I think if if the if this whole series if Miss Marvel's only like episodes one two and six it would have been easily Miss Marvel I would have rated higher right but um so so it's yeah it's it's confusing my brain a little bit but I think I'm gonna go a four out of six Infinity Stones for uh for Miss Marvel but I really like I mean I I think for me it was worth the slog in the middle. Just to get the uh, the amazing origin intro and the amazing conclusion, um, and I fu- and Amon Vellani's a fucking legend. Yeah, she's great. Uh, she's so great. good, so good. I cannot wait to see uh, to see the Marvels now. I think like, I kind of talked shit about her a little bit in previous episodes, and I take it all back. <laughs> she won me at the end. Yeah, no, she's she's so good. And and this this really propelled propelled my hype for the Marvels just like into the stratosphere. Hell yeah! I can't wait. All right, I'm gonna throw another curveball at you. Okay, but I, but I'll give you a little bit of time. I'm gonna rank all of the shows in terms of just straight up quality that Marvels put out. Okay. Okay. So, so here's give, mine. Here's mine. I'll give you. Mine. All right. Maybe all right. we might be the same. We'll see. I would go. Just out of like how like fucking great they were, uh, Loki is number one. Then, Wandavision. Then, Hawkeye. Just underneath it is Miss Marvel. And then Moon Knight, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier. It's man. It's so. Uh, it's so tough because all right, there's only six, right? Am I? Do I? Yeah, there's six. Yep. Okay, Loki's definitely first for me. I think Hawkeye's second for me. Wow. Okay. Hawkeye was really good. I think Hawkeye it was. was it really was. Good. I think Hawkeye's underrated. Um, yes, I would agree. It was very consistent, and yeah, it was always at least good. Yes, totally. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Loki, Hawkeye. <sighs> Don't you do this to me. <laughs> I think I, I know what go you're thinking. Marvel over WandaVision. You're out of your goddamn mind. No, no, it's only because I hated those first, like, three episodes Dude, of you had, like, at I least six them. that were gold. That shit was fucking gold. I don't even know if they were gold. They were good. But I don't know. They were good, but they didn't give me the the superhero feels that Miss Marvel did. Oh my god! So so yeah, I got to go. Miss Marvel, then Wandavision, then Moon Knight, and then yeah, Cap and Winter Soldier was just what happened there. 
Hope Agatha Harkness comes and kills you in the nighttime. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. She she's allowed. Agatha Harkness versus the clandestines. <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry. That show's coming up. I have no doubt. I always forget about that. I have no idea what they're gonna do for that whole thing. Yeah, that's a weird choice for a show. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, I mean, at least we got our, our top and bottom <laughs> nice and set. Yes. Oh, yes. man. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What a mess. Yeah, big time. All righty. Well, there you have it. Wrapped up, Miss Marvel. We're going to have, in a few weeks' time, She-Hulk coming up. Can't wait to go through all that. Nine episodes. Mm-hmm. But before we finish for the day, recommendations. What do you got for us? All right, so... Stop me if I already talked about this because I can't remember. But have I talked about uh, Jedi Fallen Order, the the game? Yes, I have. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I yeah, I finally beat that. I beat it on hard mode because I wanted I wanted something to scratch the Dark Souls itch. Um, I had played it a, a while ago, but like when it came out, and then I I just wanted to play it again on hard mode because I'm. Uh, a Dark Souls guy now, apparently. But, but that was fun. Big fan. It was better on hard mode. Um, and it was better with the context of, of playing Dark Souls. But it still wasn't great. Um, it was only good. But then what was great, also in Star Wars Land, was I just finished a reread of the book. Um, let me just make sure I get the title 100% right. Yeah, it's, it's just called Master and Apprentice. And it is a book about the early days of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn. And it's just a, uh, it's a blast. There's a lot of, like, flashbacks to when Qui-Gon was being trained by Count Dooku as well. Which is also really fun because both Qui-Gon and Count Dooku are incredible Star Wars characters that you would never know just by watching the movies. Um, they're super interesting. Qui-Gon was always kind of a rebel, um, which I guess you kind of got that in the first movie, but like, he was like a big time rebel of a Jedi, which is always really fun. Um, like he kind of understood that the Jedi council were like fuck ups, (laughs) (laughs) which, which is amazing. And it's just a, it's a really, really great story about basically the difficulties that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon had for a long time as Master and Apprentice because they just didn't, like, gel. And um, there's, a, there's a really interesting character in this book who, not a Jedi, he's like a, he's like a smuggler, I guess, but this character basically, so he was on a ship as a child that got raided by, like, pirates or something, and he was the only human who survived, but the ship was shipping a... Sh- I'm saying ship too much. <laughs> it was delivering a shipment of protocol droids, and so this child was then um, raised by protocol droids for the next, like, 15 years of his life and with no human contact, and so... That's really interesting to me, and the way they they play it off. Also, I should say I listened to the audiobook this time around, which was a, amazing performance. Big fan. If you're an audiobook person, do the audiobook for this one. Um, 
It's just super good. One, one of one of the one of the better Star Wars novels for sure. Uh, so Master and Apprentice, big fan. Loved just it. Got a ship shipping a shipment of droids. <laughs> yeah. <in> my head. <laughs> Master and Apprentice. Boom. Yeah, really good. Um, I'm gonna do I think a music one this week just because it's been stuck in my head. Okay. Um, got I got uh, a bunch of. $25 concert tickets when there was a sale going on in our area. So we got a bunch of tickets to shows and one of them was the Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, yeah. And hadn't seen them in a while and man, just the nostalgia was flowing. But yeah. uh, what I do for concerts now is you can look up set lists for concerts online. I don't know if anyone has done that before mm-hmm. uh, listening, but now that I found out you could do that, I'll find shows for, uh, you know, right before our date for any band that I go see. And then I make a playlist on Spotify and then yeah. I just listen to that set list so that I know all the songs before the show. Um, and a lot of their songs, you know, like probably like six to eight of them were from a new album that just came out, uh, last year, I believe. Oh, it's called detour de force. So tour de force, the tour de force. Um, and just listening to their set list and listening to their new album, I quite like it. Nice. Um, and so I've been listening to that quite a bit. Um, there's there's like a slower song that's called Man Made Lake. And I just love the lyrics in it because um, it's like the lead singer's talking about how he grew up on this man made lake and he thought it was the ocean. But then he's like, it's like someone's dad just like decided where all the trees went and stuff. And <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a good song. Um, but there's a couple other really good tracks on there. Um, so highly recommend giving that a listen to Tour de Force. Um, was very impressed, and I very much enjoyed going to that show. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Um, and so, yeah, Bare Naked Ladies still still putting out bangers, in my opinion. Um, some Love good it. shit. I am reading a book right now, um, but I'm only like a third of the way through it, so I'll probably wait to do that one um, when I'm closer to being done with it. Or done, actually. I'll be done with it by the time we talk next. So. Nice. Um, that one is called The Magpie Murders... Um, and I found the author because he wrote a James Bond book, a new one that was really good. And so that one is by Anthony Horowitz. And so, so far that one's been really good. It's like a, it's weird because the story, it's, um, it's like almost like a parody of the Agatha Christie books I've been reading. And I didn't even realize that when I got it, but it's like a book within a book. And so... I keep forgetting this, is that, like, it's supposed to be the editor of some author, famous English author of, like, these mystery books, turned in a manuscript, and then the editor realizes that, like, the manuscript is actually saying something that's a mystery, but, like, I'm just reading the actual manuscript still. And oh, so, like, I'm dang. just reading it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is just, like, a kind of, like, a play off of these Agatha Christie books, and I keep forgetting that there's, like, this whole other aspect to it that is like another mystery outside of the actual book. And so I found that interesting. It's a cool little nice kind of gimmick. So I'll report back on that one when I'm done with it next time we talk. So love it. All right. If you want to reach out to us, there's a lot of, a lot of chatter on Twitter. I was, I was checking the other day, um, at infinity rewatch, lots of stuff going on. Um, and you can shoot us an email at the infinity watch podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to fuck the billionaires.
Every day. And fuck Ricky Martin, too. That fucking dude. Dude, yeah, what the fuck? 